0: We have bottles of water, but there's still people. There's two billion people who don't have clean water. It's amazing. And I believe that God wants to mobilize us as his kids to invest what he's given us for his kingdom and his glory. And no judgment. I mean, we're, we're all learning how to do this. We have to ask ourselves, you know, am I doing this? Am I going to serve the Lord with myself and my gifts, but I'm leaving my resources in Egypt? Is that where I'm leaving it?
1: In Egypt, Pharaoh asks the children of God to compromise, over and over again. For us, we compromise all the time, giving most of ourselves to the Lord, but leaving some parts with the world. As Pastor Daniel reveals more about the plagues of Egypt, we'll consider the investments we're making towards his kingdom and what we're putting into the world. We have to serve with every part of our lives. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with his continued study entitled The Plagues.
0: witness just tells what they know. An attorney argues the case. The Holy Spirit's the attorney. Our job is just to tell the story. And it's great because all of us have a story. God has done something. And if we're honest, we all have lots of things that God has done in our lives. So don't be ashamed to tell your story. People always say, Pastor Daniel, I want to do evangelism. I'm like, listen, just tell your story. When people ask you how your day is going, say... Well, you know what? This is what's going on. Hey, I was at church the other day and the pastor was saying this and I'm seeing this in my life. Or whatever, whatever your story is, whatever your present reality with God is, just share that with people. It's completely unoffensive. You're not making them believe it. You're just saying, this is what my life looks like. And it's totally cool. I'm having a blast. So tell the stories. And we should rejoice in the stories. I mean, how cool is it that God's at work in our lives and we realize it? I mean, how cool is that? It's amazing that the living God is at work in our lives. So God wants the story to be told. Now, this next plague, this plague of locusts, again, Moses and Aaron come in to Pharaoh in his court. He says, listen, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? That's a tough, tough phrase there in verse 3. You know what I'm going to do right now. You've been here long enough. I place the question at all of our doorsteps. How long will we refuse to humble ourselves before the Lord? Write that down. If you underline in your Bible, if you like that, you might want to underline that one. If you don't like it, just underline your neighbor's Bible. (laughs) Text it to yourself. Because for each one of us, we struggle with this, right? We struggle just to say, God, you're God and I'm not. How long will we refuse? And it's amazing, because God says, how long will we refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. It's the same request over and over and over again. And now God's like, how long? What's it going to take, Pharaoh? What's it going to take? And he says, listen, if you don't, if you once again walk in disobedience, what's happening next? Locusts are going to come. And whatever the hail didn't take care of, the locusts are going to. Whatever the hell did, whatever's left, the locusts are going to come and take it. So it goes so far. They're going to be everywhere, in your houses, in your servants' houses. You're not even going to be able to see the earth. The locusts are going to come, and they are going to eat everything. That's what they're going to do. They're absolutely going to devour everything. Now, it's interesting. Pharaoh's servants, in verse 7... How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? See, now Pharaoh's counselors are like, Pharaoh, what are you doing? And I'll be honest. When your non-Christian friends are come calling you out on your sin, you know that you're in a bad spot. When someone who doesn't know the Lord is just like, what are you doing? You need to catch that. You need to catch that. I remember, and I tell the story, and I've told you guys some of my story. I was not in any way a nice person. I was born and raised in New Jersey. So you guys, maybe you guys enjoy politics. You see the way Chris Christie talks? That's the way I was. Just like without any filter. I just spoke my mind. I remember I had a friend. He was a Christian. He started dating a non-Christian girl. He made a lot of mistakes, and then she broke up with him. And we were roommates, and I remember he was moping around, moping around. Every single day, just a, t- he was Eeyore. It was the worst. And me with my total sinful New Jersey, not loving way, I just, one day I was just so frustrated. I was so tired of my friend being a grump. And I said, look, you were telling me about how great your God is and everything, and look at you. I'm like, it's just pathetic take a shower, shave, get it together. If your God's so good, then why aren't you happy? Then I was not a Christian. And I remember my friend just looked, just like looking right through me. You know, I, I, what's funny is that my friend, when I said that, he was so convicted that his total rebellious roommate who he grew up with would call him out in that way. And it was great because, I mean, what happened was he literally did that. And then he ended up, God did a great work in his life. He ended up, he was a missionary in Nepal for 10 years. And now he's back in the States. He planted a church, you know. And he said to me, he's like, the most convicting day of my life next to when I got saved was the day when you called me out. He's like, because I was supposed to be a witness to you. And you had to tell me that I was being, what I was doing, that I wasn't witnessing well for Christ, just in my actions. And the reason I bring that up is because, I know that this is happening for somebody in here, or some people in here, where people who don't know the Lord are looking on your life and they're calling you out for garbage. These guys don't know the Lord. He's like, what are you doing, Pharaoh? You are making a mess of everything. How long are you going to let this go on? We're at the eighth plague here. So we're we're coming to a culmination here. And if your non-Christian friends are calling you out on your rebellion, you know that you are standing on the precipice of disaster. So you need to ask God for the grace to change. You need to. So, so what does Pharaoh do? He He's like, yeah, these guys are probably right. So he invites Moses and Aaron back. And look at what he does. This is the way the world works. He comes back and he's like, and this is in verse 8, go and serve the Lord your God. Who are the ones who are going? He's like, okay, so go. Who's going? And Moses and Aaron, in fact, say everybody's going. The young ones and the old ones The guys and the girls Everyone's going And look at what Pharaoh says He says to him He says The Lord had better be with you When I let you go And your little ones Beware For evil is ahead of you Ah <laughs> You see how this works now Yeah you can go But you should be very afraid You better hope God is with you How many of us Have gone to take a step of faith And then you get that type of advice Like oh I man I hope God's really with you Because that's going to be a mess and then fear grips our hearts And then he goes, listen, just the men go Remember before it was, don't go too far Do it here, just don't go too far Don't go too far with this, this Lord thing Now he's like, listen, it's scary out there You're unequipped to be out there Just let the guys go And what did I say when we went through all this last time? I said, go all the way, right? Don't be afraid Step out in faith If we step out in faith, then we get to see God be God. If we step out in sight, we don't need God to be God because we got it. My prayer for us as a church and as believers across the globe is that we all step out in naive boldness. Because sometimes we overthink our position. We overthink it. When God says go, you just got to go. But what happens is we go to go and then someone says, are you sure you're supposed to do that? Because that could get really funky. And then you never go. You never take a step of faith because there's too many things to be afraid of. Why? Because tomorrow hasn't happened yet. And we haven't seen God's deliverance yet. Why? Because we haven't needed it yet. And the only way you get to see God be God is when we take a step of faith. And then all of a sudden, when we're in a situation like, God, you told me to do this. What are we supposed to do? And then the Red Sea parts. But the Red Sea didn't part while they were still in Egypt. It's so easy for Satan to stop us from moving by putting fear in there. I mean, they had never been out of Egypt. They were slaves. They hadn't traveled. They were born, raised in that land. Like, man, God better be with you. There's a lot of evil out there. You might want to leave the kids and the ladies behind. Let the guys go. Let's see how they fare. We need to be naively bold In the Lord Take that step of faith brother, sister Don't worry If God has asked you It's been said this way If God has called you to it God will see you through it And that's a good plaque And it's also really true It's really true Ask Pastor Bill about Him taking a step of faith with Young children And taking a step to plant a church In Vancouver, Washington First Sunday, maybe no one's going to be there. 350 people were there. He took a bold step of faith. God has blessed it. You read any missionary biography, and I encourage you too, people like M. Judson, John Patton. I mean, someone like Gladys Elworth. She couldn't get sent by any missions agency because she didn't have an education, and she was a house cleaner, but she felt called to China. Nobody would send her. So what did she do? She saved up her money, and she bought herself a one-way train ticket to China through Siberia. And I'll let you go read her biography. Read the rest of the story. So easy. Like, oh, you're uneducated. You're not equipped. You're just a woman. What are you going to do in China? Did it deter her from God's call? No. She was bold. And naively so. She saved up her money. She bought a one-way ticket. And now we read her story. Think about someone like Elizabeth Elliot... Her husband, Jim, as a young man, was martyred by the Alca Indies, a Houdani tribe in Ecuador. A year later, she's got a young child. She says, I believe God wants me to go and bring the gospel to these people who killed my husband. Read the story. be so easy. They killed your husband. Can you imagine her family? You're going to take our grandchild there? If you don't even like reading, you can watch the movie Through the Gates of Splendor. It's amazing. Every step of faith is a step of faith. That's the problem with walking by faith. you got to walk by faith. You can't walk by sight. There's a million things to be fearful about. A million things. And that's what Pharaoh's doing. He's like, hey, don't do it. Don't go there. It's going to go bad for you. It's going to go bad for you. But notice... Moses and Aaron are undeterred. They go on out. They raise their hands to heaven in verse 12 and verse 13. And the locusts come and the locusts go everywhere. Look what it says. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt. Verse 12. For the locusts, they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, all that the hail has left. So Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt and the Lord brought an east wind on the land all that day and all that night when it was morning the east wind brought the locusts and the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt rested on all the territory of Egypt they were very severe previously there had been no such locusts as they nor shall there be such after them for they covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened, and they ate every herb of the land and all the fruit on the trees which the hail had left, so there remained nothing green on the trees or on the plants of the field throughout all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste said I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you now therefore please forgive my sin only this once and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only so he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord verse 19 and the Lord turned a very strong west wind which took the locusts away and blew them into the red sea there remained not one locust in all the territory of Egypt but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the people So it happened as the Lord had said, Pharaoh asked for favor, for prayer. They get it. They go away. God uses nature. The east wind brings the locusts. The west wind takes them away into the Nile. Very normal. Now, the ninth plague, the last in the cycle. Remember, this is going to have no warning now. Verse 21, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt Darkness, which may even be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt. Three days they did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from this place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. But Pharaoh, then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. And Moses said, you must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also shall go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind for we must take some of them and serve the Lord our God. And even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. He would not let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, get away from me. Take heed to yourself and see my face no more. For in the day you see my face, you shall die. So Moses said, you have spoken well. I will never see your face again. So the ninth plague, the last in the cycle, is the plague of darkness. Now, we all remember from world history, the main god in the Egyptian pantheon of gods is Ra, the sun god. So we have darkness now. A darkness that must... Be felt And the idea is almost That God is undoing creation Remember The earth was without form and void And darkness was on the face of the deep And then God said Let there be light So it's almost like God is undoing creation In Pharaoh's midst Doesn't happen announced They can feel it But there's still light for the children of Israel We know The book of Revelation the fifth bowl judgment says that they that the kingdom of the beast was full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. So in the last days, this plague is going to happen again to the kingdom of the Antichrist. But notice, once again, Pharaoh asked them to compromise again. He says, you can go but leave the livestock. You know, and I think in a lot of ways, this compromise might be the most common for Christians is that we serve God, but we leave our money to the world. I'm amazed at how many people who love the Lord don't follow Jesus' program for their finances either. I've heard it said this way, we believe that Jesus is God, we just don't believe he's very smart. In our culture, a lot of us do this. We love the Lord, but the way we deal with our material possessions, we just leave it for the world. I'll just tell you this. I believe that anytime you make an investment in the kingdom of God, that's going to reap eternal rewards. God's kingdom is always in a bull market. Always. There's never a downturn. As we store up treasures in heaven, blessing the world at its places of pain in the name of Jesus, that's the best investment you'll ever make. Ever. I'm not saying we shouldn't Prepare for the future, I'm not saying that. But it's amazing how often in a culture like ours where we have a whole bunch of TVs and we have all these cool gadgets and we have cars and all these things, how little we're doing for the glory of God's kingdom. Every investment you make for God's kingdom will always reap eternal rewards. The biggest dividends. Not saying that we won't get to enjoy this life, I believe God has given us this life to enjoy. But it's amazing when you have nice stuff and you realize, I really just like seeing people's lives change. We have bottles of water. There's still people. There's 2 billion people who don't have clean water. It's amazing. And I believe that God wants to mobilize us as his kids to invest what he's given us for his kingdom and his glory. And no judgment. I mean, we're we're all learning how to do this. We have to ask ourselves, you know, am I doing this? Am I going to serve the Lord with myself and my gifts, but I'm leaving my resources in Egypt. Is that where I'm leaving it? I believe the time is short and I believe as it gets more dark in this world, the light needs to shine even brighter. We need to be more engaged. Now, chapter 11, verse one, and the Lord said to Moses, and this is the prelude to the final plague. The Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he let you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Speak now in the hearing of the people, and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from their neighbor articles of silver and gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, In the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Verse 4. Then Moses said, thus says the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me saying, get out and all the people who follow you. After that, I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. And the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. So this is the prelude to the 10th plague. Now you have to remember that Pharaoh's son was considered a god because Pharaoh was considered a god. Just like the Caesars, they were considered deity in, in Rome. And so attacking the firstborn is exactly that. Now, it's interesting. It begins with the Egyptians are going to be generous to the children of Israel. They're going to be favorably disposed to give them gold and silver. And we would already heard about this, that they were going to plunder the Egyptians. But it's interesting that they're not stealing it. The Egyptians are just going to give it to them because God is moving on their hearts. God is moving on their hearts. And what we find out here is that like unlike all the other plagues, this time God himself would take care of this in a very specific way. He's like, at midnight, I'm going to go, and the firstborn son will die. Now, you have to realize, in that culture, the firstborn son was the person of prominence. The firstborn son was going to be the next leader of the family. The firstborn son was going to be the spiritual head of the family, was going to have um, responsibility over all the goods of the family So it was a place of prominence And so this final plague Is going to be that and, and there's going to be a difference Because the children of Israel Not even a dog is going to move their tongue A dog's not even going to bark At the children of Israel So what this chapter does Is it sets us up For the culminating plague We're going to see that all this is going to be tied together With Passover you know, now that we've made it through the, the declaration of the 10th plague... Starting next week, it gets very, very interesting. I mean, it's been interesting the whole time. But really, once chapter 12 hits, when you start looking at... Oh, now there's going to be a lamb that's going to be slain... And there's going to be blood on the doorposts. All of this has very deep Christological implications. And we're going to see all of that next week. But don't miss this, that these plagues got worse. The last cycle, every time... Such has never been seen before. Such has never been seen before. And now this death of the firstborn, this is going to be the climax. And now Pharaoh's going to say, go, everything, get out of here. And that's where it's going to end.
1: Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel assured us that every investment we make for God's kingdom will always reap eternal rewards. Not so with earthly investments. Moses and Aaron pursued God's will at the expense of their own prosperity, and God was faithful. We know that God doesn't need our money, but He uses our finances to help further His kingdom. We want to invite you to partner with us and help expand God's kingdom through Jesus Is Real Radio. Your monthly or one-time gift will allow us to continue to grow our radio ministry in other parts of the world, sharing the life-changing experience of knowing that Jesus is real. Simply log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and select Partner from the main menu. Pastor Daniel covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review... You can listen to today's message again by logging on to JesusIsRealRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at JesusIsRealRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Jesus Is Real Radio is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Join us again here on Jesus is Real Radio when we come to the final and most severe plague, the deaths of the firstborn. Once again, the Lord makes it clear what will happen, but Pharaoh's heart remains hard. The struggle will finally end. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through his series entitled The Passover. That's next time on Jesus is Real Radio. My life is no typical church.